0: Support for this podcast comes from Blackline and U.S. Bank.
1: Hello, this is Peter Kiviakidis. I'm the CFO of Squarespace. Space. And you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is episode 243. As a finance leader, are you, driving, are you driving change, change your in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? In this episode, David Morse, CFO of Guardian Pharmacy, returns.
2: Well, Jackson, since so we last spoke, um, you know, we're coming up on growth in three years where we've basically doubled the size of the company in revenue. We're very focused on getting the people and the systems in place to not only manage what we have, but be prepared for the inherent growth. I think as we approach the next three or four years, you know, with the industry growth and trends, with our growth and the things we have in place, we should be able to take this, you know, north of a billion dollars.
0: Listen to our complete interview with David after these words from our sponsor. Many accounting and finance professionals are facing a sizable obstacle these days. In this age of data enlightenment, their financial close processes leave no time for data analysis, the very activity that opens the door to new opportunities and career advancement. Blackline has the answer. By automating, centralizing, and streamlining financial close operations, Blackline customer organizations are now ready for the data-centric world, allowing their finance and accounting professionals to open the door to new opportunities. To learn more, visit blackline.com forward slash CFO. Hello, we're speaking with David Morris, CFO of Guardian Pharmacy. Now, we caught up with David for one of our early episodes, and we're very pleased he's joined us once again. David, welcome. Thank you, Jack. Needless to say, Guardian has continued to grow, and what was once a, a, an entrepreneurial startup is now safely north of $500 million in annual sales. David, help us understand how your role as a finance leader has continued to evolve along with the growth of this firm.
2: I mean, it has evolved, and you know, the thing that, that isn't different is we continue you know, the process of building teams at all levels. I mean, I I think our human capital team probably wouldn't want to admit it, but I spend more time than I did five years ago on the human capital side of the business working, you know, with our teams who are helping our local pharmacy operations in leadership development, hiring, training, and retaining, you know, talent because, you know, our business with the size it is today and, and where we're going and growing to, Having the right people running these businesses in each market is is critical to our success. So I think spending more time on human capital is where my role has evolved compared to five years ago. Secondly, business development. I mean, our our philosophy is still the same. We talk to maybe a hundred pharmacies a year. May have ten or fifteen come into our Atlanta. Support offices and and do deals with two, four, or five a year. So we spend a lot of time on business development. Uh, You know, our our business development VP does a great job of of leading the effort, and there are probably 20 of us uh, in the pharmacies in here that work on that. Uh, One thing that I may spend less time on is the financial role, which people may find hard to believe, but we've worked hard over the last three or four years to really um build and uh, inculcate a lot of talent in here who are handling most of the financial function. So that, that's one thing that uh has changed.
0: So So what metrics are you paying close attention to these days?
2: You know, at the pharmacy level, um You know, we're driven by metrics. i to talk in a few minutes about our, our data warehouse efforts and what that does. But we're looking, obviously, at the financial metrics, you know, the EBITDA metrics, the uh, percent of income versus revenue those are the pure financial metrics probably more importantly we're looking at you know the drivers like gross margin dollars per prescription we'd expense the labor per prescription down to each person that touches the prescription we're looking at the cost that is driven through each pharmacy and and through the analytics we can see how Uh, The pharmacy teams are performing around the country. uh, It creates a competitive environment and uh, really gives us insight of what's working in one market versus what may not be working in another market.
1: Maybe we can ask a a more general question just in regards to data analytics. How is the, uh, the finance organization leveraging data analytics today?
2: Well, I think the finance organization is leveraging it more through leveraging it through operations. We created an initiative about six years ago. We started the development of a data warehouse project. Uh, we've, we've invested millions in it over the last five years and a lot of uh, manpower and labor. We have a whole analytics department that supports the company, and we have inputs from all different uh, systems in the company. It's our operating systems in the pharmacy. It's the uh, general ledger information, the drug information our labor information, all of our purchasing where the products come from. And then we have a team that's developed dashboards that are used across the company to look at the financial metrics, how the pharmacies are performing, you know, across the country compared to each other. And then there's operating dashboards that look at labor from all aspects by pharmacy. We have a purchasing dashboard that looks at, you know, how the purchasing is going in the various pharmacies and on and on and on. So, you know, with our business, uh, you know, we almost consider ourselves a healthcare data analytics company because that's the way we 're running it, and that 's the way it's evolved too
1: in terms of those people who are supporting the pharmacies out in the field uh, it, it sounds like you have to help raise the, the the leadership skill sets
2: yeah if you look at our operators that are running these businesses throughout the country, the majority of them come from a Clinical or pharmacy operations background and the beauty of the guardian model and one of our keys to you know, our secret sauce is the ability to put that excellent customer service, the clinical expertise, operating expertise with the business skills that we've built in our support services group. So, you know, a lot of times we refer to it as You know, our partners and operators get a mini-MBA through all the various financial metrics and tools, it's like a toolkit that we deliver, coach, and counsel these teams on. So I think you combine the clinical operating expertise with the financial acumen that our support team in Atlanta brings to the table, it's a huge success in serving the customers in these various markets, I mean that that's one of our key elements of how we succeed and um, execute in the market
1: as a finance leader, do you have a, a hand in uh, like the curriculum materials you supply those people with?
2: We do We have the, the basic tools related to the financial you know, metrics close, et cetera, but it's it's much broader. There's a human capital module that, you know, our teams work on here. There's information systems that are in this toolkit and how they work and, and collaborate together. There's a data analytics section that uh, that's in there along with purchasing, um, revenue cycle management, so the list goes on and on. There are probably 20 different modules in this toolkit that the various people in our support services group works with each of the local pharmacy presidents and then their management team. We just recently, last week, we we had, and we do this a couple of times a year, we brought all our director of finance uh, leaders to Atlanta and spent a lot of time on various modules. We didn't do every one of them, but the key ones, we spent time with these these people last week. Uh, going through collaborating and sharing ideas about what works, what doesn't work, how can we change, how can we get better, etc.
0: You mentioned the human capital module before we're speaking to finance leaders increasingly uh, about their uh, roles in the workforce uh, related issues. Tell us about that. What's that module for?
2: Yeah, we spent a lot of time on that. I mean, there was a module around recruiting and, you know, how we're going to market for the various leadership positions in each pharmacy and how to work with the various tools. There were some interviewing, uh, techniques that was talked about. And then there was, you know, coaching, mentoring, and training. You know, once we get these key people in the organization, how do we keep them? So, you know, down to some, you know, basic supervisory type uh, skills. So we're we're working and educating at all levels. Anybody that touches and manages people in our pharmacies, there's various levels of training. So, um, you know, and, and the results. Looking,
1: go ahead. Are you looking at how to measure employee performance today? And as this organization grows, is that a bigger concern?
2: It is. It is. I mean, it's. It's uh, metrics like turnover, you know, per uh, group of employees, whether it's technicians, the pharmacists, we have delivery teams, sales teams. So we're looking at turnover metrics. Uh, obviously the, the sales metrics are measured based on performance there. And then, uh, you know, the, the customer stickiness. So are we retaining customers? Because that, you know, if we have an issue with a customer, it gets back to human capital, human capital performance, and then do we have an issue. So we take it a lot further than just, you know, return on equity or return on revenue.
0: This company sought to leverage data analytics capabilities from a very early age. Why was that? Why was this company so intent on being an early adopter of data analytics?
2: First of all you have to understand that our business is a very detailed business and unless we get in the details and understand what's driving the revenue and the cost of goods sold in every prescription we dispense, we couldn't manage it. We couldn't do it without the data warehouse. So there a lot of moving pieces in healthcare and in the healthcare pharmacy distribution business is huge. So understanding our reimbursement from all the payors, what we're being paid by X and Y and what we're getting for this generic prescription or this brand, we couldn't do it without the data warehouse. So one of the reasons, you know, we are where we are today one of the key reasons is that the data analytics and the data warehouse, obviously the people come first and uh, the customers and then, you know, we've got to continue to grow the business, but analyzing it and managing it is directly attributable to our analytics data warehouse and our analytics team. We've got a whole team of people, uh, who are focused on this. Uh, uh, the gentleman who who runs the program has a master's in you know data analytics and has done a phenomenal job and get us to where where we are. And I would say, you know, healthcare is analytical. It's analytics, and it's what's going to drive drive it over the next 20 years as it approaches 20 percent of our GDP. But I would say our systems and analytics and our people are on the cutting edge for the space that we operate in. Uh, we uh, we spend a lot of time with it. You know, you talk about you know how did we get to where we are and how we're going to continue to grow. I mean, focused focusing on industry trends and reimbursement, and and really having a voice in D.C. Uh, you know, our analytics team has worked very closely with uh, the Senior Care Pharmacy Coalition, which is a voice in D.C. for long-term care pharmacies, and, and that group has relied on our analytics team uh, for the backup and support for some of the initiatives that, that they're working on.
1: Where does the analytics team reside? Is it part of the finance function today, or is it intersect a number of functions? Well, a couple of people came out of the
2: finance organizations, therefore they understand the the business. Well, but it's in our information technology group. It's a subset that uh, reports into our IT lead and uh, is connected and intersects with finance, operations, HR, sales. They touch every aspect of our business, and then each of our local teams work closely with a couple of people who are helping with getting the dashboards into each of the pharmacies and making sure that the end user has a dashboard for all the different functions, can easily access it, understands it, and then we can improve and change it as questions come up and, and their needs change.
1: What about, uh, and we'll begin to wrap up here too, David. What, what about your, your finance team and the types of skills that, uh, you are, or, you know, you're looking for today? Curious over time uh, how that may have evolved. And I think you already suggested that you're perhaps not as involved uh, maybe in the accounting function or whatever the, the, the finance, traditional finance functions you're referring to were. Um, whereas it, it seems much broader. What all of what you're up to today, and I would think that's reflected by the people you have on the team as well. Is it, or how would you, how, what would you tell us?
2: Yeah, I think the, the people we have on our accounting and finance team, you know, come in with sort of eyes wide open. They know uh, the growth we've experienced and we're going to experience. I think that's exciting. And and they're, they're open-minded. They're up for change and challenges, which we have every day. And, you know, they're willing to move around, take on other responsibilities. They they wear multiple hats, which I think makes things more interesting. And they're the core accounting things that have to be done in the financial things and, you know, in treasury, finance, tax, whatever. But it, it's an individual that, wants a challenge, up for change, and, uh, you know, ready to grab on and work hard. And, and those are the kind of people that we've attracted and that we found they succeed in this type of environment, this type of organization. And, and they're people that may not want to be in finance forever. Uh, you know, it could be a launching board to maybe go work or run one of these businesses. So I think there, there's a lot of upward Uh, opportunity and uh, I think people are seeking that
0: David last time we spoke you shared some wonderful uh, book titles with us Uh, do you have any top of mind this time
2: Uh, I mean we continue to work some of Patrick Lencioni's books The Advantage uh, I've read um, but there's one on EQ that is phenomenal that all of our team has used and I I don't have it here on my desk or I would give it to you. That's probably one of the best books we've used in the last year
1: that that I continue to use. Uh, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. That's that's it, that's it, that's it.
2: Yeah, Emotional Intelligence. By Travis Bradbury. So, I mean, it brings skills, suggestions, and coaching ideas to the table that your normal financial type person wouldn't get in school, wouldn't get at some large accounting firm. However, you need those skills to succeed probably in any environment. You definitely need an environment here to be able to interact, work with a team, work collaboratively, understand that, you know, we got to have change. You're not always right. Etc., etc., and I think this, job, this book does a good job in helping one evaluate themselves, grade themselves, and it gives you a map of areas and things that you need to work on. I, I find it very helpful for myself and, and the rest of our team, whether you're in finance, treasury, HR, IT, it's something uh, you all take a look at.
0: Finance thought leaders don't go anywhere. We're about to ask our finance leader guest for their business priorities over the next 12 months. But first, permit us 30 seconds to thank our sponsor. You want smart? year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market.
1: So over the next 12 months, what are your priorities as a finance leader?
2: Well, Jack, since we last spoke, uh, you know, we're coming up on growth in three years where we've basically doubled the size of the company in revenue, uh, probably more than doubled in size of prescription suspense, which is the unit of measure for productivity. Uh, so we're very focused on getting the people and the systems in place to not only manage what we have but be prepared for the inherent growth uh, that we're going to experience over the next two or three years. I think as we approach the next three or four years, you know, with the industry growth and trends, with our growth and the things we have in place, we should be able to take this, you know, north of a billion dollars. So, we're making sure that we're doing the things we've done the past few years. Continue to focus on having the right leaders to run the businesses uh, that are serving our customers. And then, here at Support Services, we're continue to pour concrete. We're investing in business uh, acumen, IT acumen, human capital management, sales acumen to help us continue to help our local partners in the field. So
1: we've got our hands full. David Morris, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Thank you, Jack.
0: Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. At CFO Thought Leader, we wanted to give you, the listener, some added clout when it comes to selecting next season's CFO guests. We call it listener's choice. And in the months ahead, our listener's choice guests will enjoy some added box office clout as we advance the CFOs you most want to hear from into next season's CFO lineup. To learn more about CFO Thought Leader's listener's choice, visit us at cfothoughtleader.com or go ahead and email me at jack at cfothoughtleader.com. Hey, one last thing. It's no secret when we originated CFO Thought Leader, it was with iPhone users in mind. Android users, we have neglected you. And so to make amends, we just released a CFO Thought Leader mobile app just for you. It's now ready for download on Google Play and Amazon Android markets. No matter what world you're part of, thank you for listening.